The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now today we're catching up with Tiger Tasman. It's uh, in the IPO process, shouldn't be too far off listing, and we'll have prospectively the code of T1G. It's seeking to raise between 4.6 million and uh, up to 8 million at 20 cents a share with uh, one for two free attached options and should it bring in the full 8 million, its uh, prospective uh, market cap would be around $20.36 million. Now this is not your normal uh, junior exploration float because while it has a four uh, projects in WA that are interesting in themselves, it also has a pre-development project about 40 k's outside of Townsville and we're talking about dense media magnetite. And I think most of us will know that uh, dense media magnetite is used to wash coal, which obviously has become so important in recent times with people's greenhouse concerns. So, and the project's called Iron Scarn, and it's probably the flagship, but we'll check all that with the MD, Noor Crookshanks, who's with us today. G'day, Noor. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Hello, Barry, and, and great to be here today. And Noor, uh, giving us a new company that's uh, coming to the market uh, One, I'm intrigued to know why it's called Tiger Tasman. And secondly, if you can just uh, give us a bit of a background on yourself and who you've uh, assembled on the board and management to uh, take the company forward. Yes, certainly. Look, Tiger Tasman Minerals uh, was formed back in uh, in 2013 as a PTY LTD company. Its role there was to acquire assets and progressively we've acquired a, a number of assets, a total of five in that shell. And and the naming really is uh, stressing the Australian Australian credentials, if you like, of the company, because uh, we are talking to to various parties, both uh, in, in Australia and, and overseas. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a play on on Tasmanian Tiger, but uh, yeah, Tiger Tasman Minerals is is uh, with the uh, the moniker of T1G is uh, is our planned uh, ASX listing entity. Great name. I think you might be sharing it with an AFL club in years to come. <laughs> That's a possibility. Yeah, Tasmania, absolutely. Yeah, but in in, in terms of of the uh, the company and and, and our origins, uh, you know, formed back in. In, in uh, early uh, 2013, 2014, um, we've acquired a, a range of projects, five in total, uh, that we've uh, now seeking to go into an IPO, and uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about those projects. But in terms of the team, um, we, we are chaired by uh, quite an experienced mining engineer by the name of, of Richard Beasley, and, and a number of you would know Richard from, from his days at Consmin and uh, Sandfire Resources, so very experienced there in terms of ASX. Um, we've got a non-executive director by the name of Dennis Trelin, and, and Dennis is an economist by trade, and uh, spent a, a number of years uh, in corporate advisory and, and, and stockbroking. So he brings uh, some bench strength there in, in, in terms of the board. Myself, I'm a, a metallurgist by background. Uh, I spent a, uh, over 27 years at, at BHP and then uh, Blue Scope Steel. So uh, since then, I've been in mining services and, and uh, you know, certainly well experienced. That's that's at the board level. In terms of our technical team, we've we're, we've been very lucky in terms of securing some uh, some excellent talent with with past 
success. So uh, we've got Damon O'Meara from uh, Mineral Edge as, as a consultant to to the company uh, and, and forms part of it, uh, of the technical team. We've got uh, Simon Atwell and Brian Richardson. Um, and, uh, you know, they certainly very experienced with, with past discoveries uh, in, in that Patterson range. Um, and then we've got Ralph Krieg, who's, who's a German trained geologist and very experienced in terms of, uh, you know, battery critical minerals, uh, both uh, in Australia as well as uh, Africa and, and Asia. So uh, we're very solid in terms of, uh, of our technical and consulting team there, as well as the board. You mentioned uh, your background there, metallurgy. Um, you could name your own price, given the lithium space at the moment, screaming for a metallurgist. Um, but you obviously <laughs> want to uh, have a crack at the listed, uh, leading a listed company. Well, I, I think uh, if, if you look at my background, uh, Barry, certainly I think this is a natural progression for me uh, in terms of, of working on a number of projects. So I spent a bit of time uh, over my career in, in, in sort of M&A and then and, and, uh, developing projects uh, from greenfield uh, all the way through to production uh, and commissioning. So um, certainly I've got the, uh, the if you like, uh, the experience curve there, as, as does Richard and, and, and mm. Dennis to some extent. So, um, you know, very experienced in terms of the board in, in getting these projects uh, from from early stage exploration through to hopefully development, as mm. well as uh, taking the pre-development project through to, to development. Now, the co- common theme across the, the company's portfolio with the one project, the uh, dense medium magnetite project in Queensland, then the four exploration projects in the West, is, of course, the energy transition and uh, 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 decarbonisation. Uh, so we're talking copper, lithium, nickel, manganese, uh, precious metals as well. But let's focus first on Iron Scarn. Tell us about Iron Scarn. Iron Scarn is, is quite a unique project. Um, the previous holder of that project was Strategic Minerals PLC, an AIM-listed company. They spent over $5 million exploring and, and, and developing IP. So it's it's been uh, just under 6,000 metres of uh, RC&DD drilling. So the, the actual uh, the resource here, which is a, a jork, 2012 resource declared um, is, is well defined and, and well understood. Um, and the vendors uh, post strategic minerals have taken it a, a step further by completing a study um, for uh, you know, basically a dense media magnetite operation with silver concentrate. So there's significant silver concent, uh, uh, resource there as well as the, the dense media magnetite. Um, that project uh, has been worked on for, for over five years now. Um, by uh, strategic as well as as the current vendors, and they're vending that particular project into the iron scar, sorry, called iron scar, into Tiger Tasman Minerals uh, on a all script offer. So there's a lot of confidence by the uh, the current vendors around the work that's been done, and the ability to execute that project into uh, near term development. So we're looking at a you know a timeline of approximately 26 months in order to uh, to get to first production, which is ambitious, but um, based on uh, feedback from our consultants and and, and the experts that we've uh, got commissioned to, to do the work, they believe that is quite feasible and, and, you know, quite excited about the prospect of execution. So, you know, it will generate significant cash flow once, uh, once it's commissioned in, in our view, and uh, that cash flow is destined to support our exploration program. So I think one of the, uh, the challenges of being a, an early stage explorer is that uh, you're continuously uh, needing cash in order to replenish the, uh, the exploration budget. In our case, we're seeking a, a development project uh, that will generate cash internally so that we're not going constantly back to market. 
to dilute our existing shareholders and, and raise more capital. So that's certainly the uh, the vision going forward from the board perspective. Yeah, self-funding model is a great one to have if you can do it, and it sounds like you've got it with Iron Scarn. For those who might not know, uh, tell us why the expectation is that demand for uh, dense media magnetite is, is uh, as strong as you could hope for and probably growing. Yes, yeah, certainly. Look, if, if you look at what's happening in uh, in coal first globally as well as, uh, you know, then uh, secondary in, in terms of Australia, um, you know, the demand for coal is not going uh, away anytime soon. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, uh, the forecast for coal demand is, is still fairly buoyant uh, up until, uh, you know, the next 10 to 15 to 20 years. So mm-hmm. uh, the Queensland Bowen Basin is is one of the uh, the key supply hubs, if you like, globally for for coal, whether it's metallurgical or uh, or thermal coal. And uh, with with uh, the demand of dense media magnetite, it doesn't matter whether it's uh, it's thermal or metallurgical coal, because uh, when you wash the coal, um, it's really around reducing the amount of, of greenhouse gas emissions that are generated when you burn it. So when you're a customer, whether you're a steelmaker or a uh, uh, a thermal power station in, in Japan or Taiwan or, or wherever, um, you, you want to have a, a reduced amount of greenhouse gas emissions when you uh, utilise coal. So the demand uh, in Queensland is certainly uh, growing with the overall coal demand globally. And, uh, you know, there's been some recent uh, new coal mines that have been commissioned. There's mm. been a, a number of uh, coal preparation plants that have also been commissioned. So uh, to give you an idea, the ratio that you need of dense media magnetite is is between 0.5 kilograms to 1.2 kilograms per tonne of washed coal. Right. So that gives you an idea of, of what the demand uh, is expected to be going forward. So there's already uh, c- certainly a uh, pressure in terms of the supply side for DMM. Uh, and to add to, I guess, that pressure is that when you look at the Queensland market, the bulk of the uh, the DMM going into Queensland is imported, and it's imported from uh, from Africa, from Asia, and there's a little bit that comes through domestically from Tasmania, but uh, uh, quite a, a complex supply chain there. So we're looking at a, an import displacement opportunity by opening up the the Ironscarn mine and, and operations uh, just outside of Townsville. Being located next to Townsville, we've got great access to the customer base in the Bowen Basin. So that's the logistics hub for most of the coal miners, whether it's thermal or metallurgical, uh, in in the Bowen Basin. I think earlier you said you were actually uh, targeting first production potentially within 26 months. But I'm just wondering, what are some of the milestones that uh, investors in the company will see before yeah, that 26 sir. months is up. Good question, Barry. Look, the um, we, we're intending to come out with a, uh, a a completed independent study within three months of IPOing, and that that timeline was given to us by the consultants who are doing the work, mm-hmm. not by the company. Um, so the amount of work that's already been done on that project is significant. As you can imagine, there's been over five million dollars spent. So it, it's really around. Uh, uh, Looking at it and, and providing a, an independent assessment, um, there will be a uh, you know a, a set of economics that uh, that are derived from that study, uh, and that will be uh, published and, and released to the market uh, post IPO. So we, we're expecting within three months to have a decision point to to move into a DFS, uh, and uh, you know that DFS will will take a minimum of fourteen months because that's the uh, the uh, the minimum. 
period required for the environmental study to be completed. Um, but uh, we've, we've already certainly done a, a lot of work around the uh, uh, the mine planning and the, the resource itself and the front-end engineering and design that's been done by the, the current vendors. So um, we, we're positioned very well in terms of getting news flow uh, into the market, uh, you know, within three months of, of IPO, which is the plan, and then rolling into a DFS. So um, and just to be certain, is it will there be the two revenue streams, the magnetite and silver concentrate? Or? That's certainly the plan and at this point in time. So uh, the, the, the DMM is, is obviously the, uh, the, the major mm. uh, volume in terms of production and then there will be a silver concentrate which we intend to process in Townsville itself at the refinery there. So, um, you know, it, probably a, a good split would be somewhere around about 80-20%. Nice to have because as you know, there's more silver balls out there than there are gold balls. So if silver <laughs> price takes off at 20% quickly becomes on 30%. Exactly. Right. So let's swing across to Western Australia where you have the uh, four exploration projects. If we're looking for a flagship in WA, it's got to be this Copper Canyon one in the Patterson province. In the same neck of the woods, there's Telfer and Wanoo and Haveron. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, in terms of uh, of a flagship exploration project, Mm. um, you know, that that is perhaps the you know one of the most exciting that's that's come onto the market in recent times. So, just a you know very brief metrics. We've got five hundred and twelve square kilometres of uh, you know, over two tenements in the Patterson Province. Within sixty kilometre radius of our two tenements, we have the Winu uh, Rio Tinto discovery. Mm-hmm. We have the uh, Newcrest operating Telfer uh, copper gold mine. We have the uh, the Haveron. Discovery by Newcrest and Greatland Gold, which they're starting to uh, to develop, yep. uh, and then we have the Nifty Copper Mine, um, which has got a, a long history of operations in, in that region. So all within sixty kilometres of our two tenements, but mm. you know, and, and they're quite respectful. Uh, they're quite sizable in terms of the size. So five hundred twelve square kilometres is very hard to uh, to gain in the Patterson today. But mm. what's more exciting about it, Barry, is the fact that on on our two tenements, we've identified two uh, seismic anomalies based on on work that was done, uh, uh, you know, back in the uh, in the seventies and the eighties, and along similar lines to the work that Rio Tinto did when they discovered the Winu deposit. And mm. what we've identified is uh, on the on the edges of of the Graben setting that uh, that we've got on our tenements, we've identified two anomalies which look very similar to Winu uh, from a seismic perspective and, and we're very keen to, uh, to explore that. So our strategy is really to, uh, to get uh, on the ground as, as quick as we can uh, and to be drilling um, the uh, Copper Canyon project within nine months of IPO. So, um, and, and based around that, there's a, a number of uh, activities that we, we're intending to complete. So, uh, they're currently under application. We're uh, planning to execute a heritage agreement uh, within four weeks of, uh, of IPO. Um, we are looking at um, uh, doing a satellite-based uh, seismic uh, geophysical work um, on, on, that, uh, on those two targets to define them further. And uh, we hope to be drilling there within nine months. Now let's uh, let's get down to the Fraser Range, where lithium is uh, part of the exploration portfolio. What have you got down in the Fraser? Yeah, so we, we've we've got uh, two tenements here covering 116 square kilometres 
in, in that uh, Fraser Range area. And, and it's probably the area regarded as the lithium corridor mm. um, with, with, um, you know, with, with good reason. So uh, we're within uh, 60 kilometres of IGO's Nova Nickel Mine. Uh, and we're within uh, 50 kilometres of the, um, the the Bald Hill lithium mine and the Baldania lithium discovery there. Um, so, you know, in terms of, of proximity and, and, and region, um, the, the geology certainly uh, is, is favourable in, in our view and, and highly prospective. So we've been out in our, our – we've got two tenements here. Our northern tenement, uh, we've mapped um, pegmatites and we've taken surface samples um, uh, and, as, and we're awaiting assay results, uh, and we believe they are LCT-based pigmentites, but waiting for confirmation from the assays. And, and what that's going to do is uh, enable us to define drill targets. So we're intending to be drilling um, at Fraser Range within uh, three months uh, of the IPO. So, uh, you know, certainly very advanced work that's been undertaken uh, to date. Uh, and we're ready. So I think that's that's the other advantage of, of Target Tasman is that uh, we're not searching for targets. We've actually got mm. our targets identified and, and we're executing. Uh, in the southern tenement, um, you know, we're, we're 100 k's um, basically north of um, uh, the, uh, the uh, Dundas uh, discovery uh, of nickel sulphide. So we, we're certainly very... Uh, 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 excited about the, the prospect in, in that southern tenement for us. So we're, we're in the right region and, and certainly uh, the initial work that's been done has identified a, a range of targets that we want to pursue going forward post-IPO. Now, talking about uh, targets, that's uh, one in Manganese, Mount Mini up in the Ashburton. What's the story there? Yeah, no, so the, once again, we're, uh, we're very excited about the Mount Mini project. It's about 120 k's just south of Onslow, a deep water port. Um, it's, uh, you know, the, the previous work that was done by Shaw River, an ASX-listed company, they identified a, a four-kilometre strike of, uh, you know, 40-odd percent manganese at surface. Uh, we've, we've been back there um, to, uh, to do uh, additional work and, and exploration there. We've mapped the manganese outcrops at, at surface, uh, confirming there's a, a four-kilometre strike there uh, open. Um, and and we've taken uh, assay samples as well, which uh, are currently uh, awaiting uh, um, testing, and, and and the results should be available to us post IPO. Um, and the the intention there is to identify uh, targets for drilling. So we, we're intending to be drilling at Mount Mini within four months of IPO. So that's that's the current plan. The geology there is, is very favourable. It's it's dolomite based and it's very similar structurally to Woody Woody. So we're we're excited about the uh, the potential to declare some uh, some form of resource there post the drilling. Now you uh, also have interest in the Erahidi Basin, but uh, given we're just about running out of time it might and it looks like it's a second year uh, exploration project anyway that's correct barry yeah now look uh, and, and we're blessed to, to have a, a project like uh, the crater project at erahidi um very prospective but uh, it's something that we'll, we'll delve into in, in year two so investors interested in uh the ipo what, uh, where should they go certainly yeah www.tigertasman.com mm. um is uh, is the website you can download our prospectus from there uh, on the prospectus itself, there's an online application form link that you mm. can go to in order to subscribe to the uh, to the holding. And uh, 
you know, we're certainly uh, looking forward to completing the, the IPO uh, in, in early uh, 23. So expectation to list under that code T1G uh, early in the new year sometime? That's that's correct, yeah. So look, we're, we're currently targeting February, but given the amount of demand that we have, we believe we'll, we'll try and close that earlier. Well, there we go, folks. Very interesting one. Uh, that uh, dense media magnetite project, uh, interesting in itself up there in Queensland, but then... Three to six months, uh, active drilling programs across copper, gold, lithium, uh, manganese, everything you'd want in a junior explorer, really. So with that, thanks for your time today, Noor. Good luck with it all. Be watching with interest. Thanks very much, Barry. Appreciate it. Cheers.